Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by the incredibly talented, creative genius that is Sandy McKinley from Acre of Roses. What is Acre of Roses? Well, oh my gosh, you need to go experience it for yourself. And by the end of this episode, I think you'll be booking in. It's an incredible accommodation. It has the miner's cottage and it has the potting shed. It's also a place for intimate elopements Sandy and her gorgeous husband, Rob, host events there. So watercolor workshops, uh, different really immersive experiences when COVID permits. And it's a place that just in the last few years since the doors opened, the first bookings were available, made to stay at the accommodation Acre of Roses. It has attracted international media attention. It has been in on covers of magazines. It's been in multiple times in Country Style magazine. It's been named as one of Australia's 52 weekends away in the age. There have been so many acknowledgements, recognizations, wins, successes of the Acre of Roses story. And so I wanted to bring on Sandy to share the way that she approaches marketing her business, the way that she looks at making investments as well in her business the strategies and approaches that she takes when it comes to customer experience and also her continuous dedication to evolving her business because that is what we need to do to stay relevant, to continue to attract customers and to continue to grow. I first met Sandy several years ago now. She came along to one of my workshops that I was running at the time in Ballarat. This is probably in my first or second year of business. And I then went on to consult to Sandy at Acre of Roses just before, or we started before she opened up bookings for the very first time to Acre of Roses and continued on for uh, a little while, probably a few years actually after that as well. Nowadays, Sandy is someone that I continue to speak with quite regularly. We chat about business and the changing market. She's also someone that is part of my retreats. And so my previous guests that have attended my business retreats will have fond memories, I'm sure, of having a taste of Acre of Roses and learning about customer experience as well from Sandy. So enjoy this episode, tuning in to just the amazing brain <laughs> that is Sandy McKinley from Acre of Roses. There's so much that we can go into today. We've known each other for quite a few years now. I'm just, I just adore you and you're just such a smart woman. So first of all, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Em. And you're an incredible person as well. You're a major part of our success. I think one of the best, definitely one of the best decisions I made was when I was thinking about who I could work with 
to get the business to where the, the vision was and you were instantly that person. All right, that's it. We can wrap this podcast up. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just contact Emily and uh, go from there. But no, you know, I think that that's one of the underlying keys that I see in regards to businesses having the right team that is the right fit uh, for your business. And if you don't click with somebody that that really gets it, then that makes life really difficult. We can only go so far alone, can't we? And then it gets to a point, it's like, right, we need to, we need to bring in some other people. Well, I think there was really a acknowledgement from myself that I was a traditional marketer, did the university thing uh, and the four Ps. But, you know, when social media came along to the prominence that it is, I went, oh my goodness, I am really in the quagmire here. Where do I even start? So that's where our relationship started when I went to one of your mini courses on social media marketing. I think one of the other things too is very early on identifying that I had some strengths but I had a lot of weaknesses. There's so many different platforms and you go, oh gosh, do I do LinkedIn? Do I do Pinterest? Do I do Twitter? You know, and then, you know, lately it's been, you really need to have Twitter to make your Google look at your algorithms. And I'm going, oh, but it's not really the best fit for me. Well, you have to do it. So all of a sudden you've got this challenge ongoing in regards to, wow, what do I do now? So I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons I've seen is as a marketer, you have to be open to change all the time. And it's just constant learning constant rejigging and one of the things that I've also been lucky to be part of is part of uh, Victoria Tourism Industry Council's think tank business program that they've got 24 businesses across Victoria that they're taking through with a panel of experts to try and I hate to use the word it's so often used pivot but almost create a resilient business moving forward and I think over the last 18 months, that's what I've learned. You've really got to constantly, it's not about sitting and forgetting with a strategy. Things change so quickly. You need to be the little starling that's going along rather than a big whale. We need to have a marketing strategy, but it is like a living, breathing thing. And it's not something that we just create at the start of creating our business and then just keep doing the same thing. And this is like what I see so often with people is that they're, they're kind of doing the thing they were doing last year, but it's like, hang on a minute, like, how's that going for you? Are you even looking at how that's working for you? Are you even looking at the reach that you're getting? And do you remember, Sandy, when we first started working together and one of like the biggest lessons or just one of my favorite memories, you kind of were under the understanding that the best thing to do was to share three times on Instagram each day? Yes, absolutely. And it was a very linear at the start of my journey was a very linear approach to how this all works. To me, I can only describe it as being a juggler. You've got to have various balls up in the air all the time and maybe the odd one, you bring in an extra one. And that really is what it's all about. And things change, as I said, constantly. I know that when you and I first started and the dream for me going right back was always to have some accommodation, hospitality, as I've subsequently learned is in my DNA, and coming from a family where there was always 
people and not so much parties, but they were always interesting people and sharing and connecting as a child was very big. And also the the time I spent gardening with my grandmother in Christchurch. So here we have hospitality plus gardening, and ultimately that equals Acre of Roses. And it's just morphed, I suppose, since then. And one of the underlying premises that we have, Rob and I both have, is the connection to land and the fact that we're custodians of the land. We don't see this as our patch. We're just here tending it for the next generation and trying to make the best of what we've got. I think the biggest gift that we both see is our ability to share this with others. And especially, you know, all the way through, there's been a a bit of a wellness, stress-relieving focus, and that's bowed well, especially in in COVID. And we're ever increasing in regards to what we're doing in that space. I mean, our journey started with having 1,700 commercial roses that we would do. I retrained a few years ago in floral design. So when you've got somebody that starts in a business sweeping the floors or pulling the weeds or whatever, that's been my journey as well in regards to the ground roots of of really getting an understanding. And let's talk about how it's changed. And this is the thing, Sandy, when I brought up around posting like three times a day on Instagram, and I was laughing about it because I remember the conversation with your beautiful partner, Rob, and there was like a bit of tension because he's like, you know, what are you doing? Can you spend more time with me or whatever? And you're like, no, but I have to do this social media thing. And it's about like having that strategy and purpose behind everything we do. And like you've said, measuring what the results are so that our marketing can become more simple, but more powerful. So I think this is a good time to talk about like going from initially the Rose Farm, and that was kind of the core of the business, to now what you offer, which is just this amazing experience to people that come and stay at Acre of Roses. You have the miner's cottage, you have the potting shed, and then you also have this booming elopement market as well that's happening, plus events, plus you're in books, you're just, you've been in the good weekend, 52 weekends away in the age, so much media coverage. I reckon if we look, like, what were some of the pivotal decisions or moves that you made with your marketing that now see Acre of Roses where it is today as a, like, a loved, quite well-renowned, lots of media attention, and you're booked out, you shared with me just recently, to the end of the year. So what do you think, if you look back, maybe some of those core pivotal moments or decisions have been with, with your marketing? I think coming from a a marketing and branding background, I understood one of the key things was to find someone that was empathetic to what we were doing and where we wanted to be. And like with all of the team that we put together, nothing's just one project. You know, when I go, okay, we'll get Emily on, it was like, Emily's going to be part of our team in five, seven, nine years time. It really is doing that mud map and saying, okay, where are the gaps? And most of the people, in fact, all of them in our group are are really good friends as well. What that tells me as well is that you have total commitment to the business and you see it in, in years to come. And I think that's a difference perhaps with other people is that they almost don't trust themselves. But when we approach it like you have is that like you're all in on it. And when you do that, you make these smart decisions to bring people on that you see being there for the long term. And maybe they will be, maybe they won't be, but you're not trying to look at 
whether it's kind of the cheapest or the easiest or someone just to quickly do something, you're like, right, who do I need to take this business forward into the, the next few years? I think that that's really important. And the other thing too is where I see a few people, they're frustrated and lose confidence when they think that three years ago they had a vision and they're sitting here now going, oh, but you know, I had a vision of the business and the vision's not the same as what it is now. I mean, originally we thought that we'd be providing roses to floral designers forever and a day. Well, our roses now go off to the fermentary to do and to turn into rose petal water kefir. And we've got other products that we're looking at doing. Yes, we still do if, if somebody needs a desperate bucket. But, you know, we've got in a marketplace now where there's quite a bit of supply. And also I've learnt that our climate here in Trentham is changing and what I could produce five years ago is, is not what I can produce now. I can't get that ultimately perfect oral design of white rose because of all of the conditions. So I think that it's about not fighting the fact that the business you've ended up with is not the same as what you had imagined three years ago, but understanding that to survive, you're going to have to morph. If you've got the underlying values and ethos of what you're ultimately wanting to provide to the world and do, then I think that you can embrace the changes that you've got to be able to do along the way. If you'd said to me years ago that we would have the business that we'd have now, I'd be going, no, that's not what we're focusing on. But who would have known that COVID would have come and various other things along the way have had such a big impact. And at the end of all of it, it's about connection. To me, it's about community and connection and collaboration. So three C's, as well as we've had an incredible visual team. And I think that if you're looking at who your target market are and what they truly want, not just magazine worthy looking good, but that real feel. And I think that's the difference is people come in tightness in their shoulders goes down and they go oh and they can kick off their shoes and just relax and that's exactly what we want them to be able to do and to feel you know I've still got and still use my traditional four p's of marketing that I learned so many years ago but one of the things I've always been about is it's about the story and having that connection with the land that I think makes a really big difference could you give an example, Sandy, for those listening? So we've spoken about like assembling your team and having like being fully in and committed on the train to take your business forward and knowing that there's going to be turns and maybe you're going to end up in a slightly different destination to what you initially think. Also the visual and the importance of like sharing the visual and, and sharing how your business or your experience is going to make people feel and then also the storytelling. So how do you weave that into Acre of Roses? It's been interesting. I've been working through with a creative designer based in London who's a brand specialist and being mentored. And so the biggest thing for me is understanding it's constant learning. So I feel like I'm doing a mini MBA every year on something different that works towards it. And the visual is very much, I would say, underpinned everything because the interior de decorating that we did and I worked with Belle Bright Project, 
you know, we're even down to the white, wasn't just any white paint that we stuck on the walls. It was like we went through 30 or 40 different whites to get that calming effect, slightly iridescent, that sometimes it was a bit green, sometimes it was a bit grey, but it made people feel really good. So everything that we, we chose and we did was with intent, with, with purpose. And the other thing is that I don't just spend 10% on marketing. I worked and had a goal or, you know, one of my things at the beginning was I will probably spend three times more on marketing than most other people would. I don't stick to the 10% rule. And if I look at what we've spent versus the, you know, the outcome and you put a dollar figure on it, it's just like 10,000% more. And that I'd identified would take us five years in our plan to actually get to the point where we're going, okay, we're making some significant profit and we're not at five years yet. And I just continuously put back into the business and it's about research and development and also keeping true to the visual. We use Marnie Horson and she's also got a ethical ethos. You know, she's just become B Corp certified and she really walks the talk with regards to that environmental sustainability and it's an alignment. You know, it's definitely an, an alignment with what our ethos is. So that makes a really big difference. And, and as I said, the creative Fiona Humberstone, who I'm working with, part of what she taught me was that your brand is reflected through the photos. Whatever your visual is, whether it's watercolour drawings or photography, and, you know, you, you know, anyway, from social media, a lot of influencers use peachy tones as filters. Imagine if you hadn't shifted. I'm sure like you see this with other businesses in the similar area, like in the similar type of business to you that just haven't adapted and haven't really thought about how the market is changing or really thought about like who is actually their ideal customer? Who is it they're trying to attract? What are those those really core desires and wants and needs that those customers have? And this is what you're so skilled at is just continuously delving into it. And like you said, it feels like you do an MBA every year because you're so continuing to learn and unpack different layers. And this is really what I see as being just one of the core reasons that your business is where it is today because you're con it's continuously just evolving and staying like ahead <laughs> as well. I'm always like, Sandy and I get on the phone and I'm like, right, what's she going to have for me today? She's going to have this awesome new idea or project. I think that one of the things that is like the original learnings when I was going through and learning about marketing is about the customer is centric. And it's not about the customer is always king. We know that one and that can be a difficult one to deal with sometimes, but it's about being centric and customers' psyche change over time and due to circumstances. And if I did my customer persona of Susie three years ago and then did my customer persona of Susie now, there would be some significant differences in, in her mindset. And so what I've had to do is redo the customer journey in the different phases based on living in a COVID world. And that I can significantly see is, is quite different. 
And I think that I've always had the mindset because collaboration has paid a big part in a lot of things is that, you know, I have a small group of other accommodation providers that we probably talk every couple of weeks, if not sooner, text, and we all work together. We've all got different, you know, we don't feel like we're competing. We're working together. Um, So that makes a really big difference. And I was reading an article this week that was basically saying that there's going to be quite a shift, even with Airbnb, and how they're, they're going to have to cope versus hotels. And hotels at the moment are, are having a really hard time because why would a guest with the threat of COVID want to go in, into a big hotel with 500 rooms, knowing that COVID can, you know, get across in the airways and go under the door? You know, everybody has to work that bit harder. And I think for self-contained accommodation, that's a beauty because you are limited to that particular venue and it's a lot safer. So, but that doesn't mean that you can be complacent. I just think that, you know, really focusing on what and who your customer is, you know, our customer is not anyone. And and I'm the first one to say, we really do focus on what I call mature millennials or digital nomads. So people that want to work from here. So Sandy, I would love you to take us through, like let's say Sally and Jim turn up at Acre of Roses, they they pull up, they park their car, because I know that this is something we've discussed and you have this whole experience when they open the door. Could you take us through like the first few minutes of when your customers arrive? You know, this is stereotyping a bit, but it, it seems to be it. So Sally is usually first through the door, Jim's getting the luggage. The first thing that, that Sally does is look for the toilet. So the first thing that we have in there is that we've got discoveries. Discoveries are like mini experiences that the guests can have in various rooms. So the discovery in the bathroom would probably be we have shower tablets that we've now just developed. So we have little doTERRA packs. We talk to them about having how to have the best bath and we also, you know, identify Uh, how to use the steam shower and and how to make the best from it. So anyway, Sally's gone into the bathroom, seen the discovery. Jim's finally walked in, got the luggage. And then after he's put that down, he usually goes to the fridge and has a look at the fridge. And then the two of them come together and go, guess what I found? And then he goes, yeah, but guess what I found? And it takes them away from you know, often if it's a weekend, it's a Friday and whether they've been working from home or they've got children, they've been pretty stressed coming up. They just have been focusing on on all of the issues or problems. And what we try and do is actually get them to be thinking about something else, about the anticipation and the delight and discovery of things that they can do over the days that they've got. What we used to find as people would come up and stay and then they'd go well where can I go for lunch what can I go and see you know like events or attractions what I'm finding now is that people are happy just to come up here and it's interesting often they if they've gone to try and book they go no because we've got a number of options in town now where they can get pre-made gourmet chef meals and just heat them up And they don't want to leave because they've got the theatre room 
we leave some popcorn in the pantry for them. You know, there are many events and experiences here. And often we find now people don't even leave. The only time that they might leave is if they desperately need to get something because we've got commercial coffee machines and supreme coffee. So there's very little that they, most people say there's very little that they have to go and get. And this has led to, Sandy, you have such a high return booking rate because people, it's just an incredible experience. It's something that they can't get anywhere else. First of all, they don't want to leave while they're there, but then they don't want to leave when they have to go home. And so that though the feeling of being at Acre of Roses continues to be with them after they leave. And you even have a few experiences that you that continue to go away with them. And you're also developing some basically experiences in a box of Acre of Roses, understanding you now have an international, well, you've had it for a while, but an international audience. And also people that we look at the, you know, we look at the offer hierarchy and the different levels of, or the different stages of customers. And Acre of Roses and staying there is kind of your VIP, incredible high-end option. And then you have some other people in your audience that perhaps aren't there yet, but they can experience and have a taste yeah. of Acre of Roses in these incredible discovery boxes. Look, and again, this comes down to not a new marketing strategy, but a very traditional one. And that is that it is a lot easier and a lot less cost involved in looking after an existing client rather than trying to onboard a new client. And I can already see, you know, I'm up to some of our guests are up to their fifth stay. I can informally go and say well they referred this person they've referred that person like the value of that guest is it is enormous and then you look at the hit and miss scenario you have with new clients so my ideal is to have a good uh, set of maybe a hundred guests is for me that would more regularly come and stay means that we are booked for the year I'd much prefer to to stick to that traditional way and then it means that I get to understand their nuances and I can really tailor the experience and the whole premise for this is to make sure that they feel a little bit more transformed when they go home than when they first came to stay and that's really hard to do with a brand new client and it's a lot easier once they know you and even though they know what to expect they don't because there will be differences and that is that we always that the core things stay the same I, I know that while it's not particularly healthy one of the most popular things we have are croissants that people could bake I was going to say when Coden and I came to stay and in the morning there were the, like this croissant dough and I put it in the oven and I'm gluten intolerant. I'm not celiac, but I'm like, this is worth every little bit of stomach cramp. <laughs> it's so delicious. Sandy, you, you know that we could like talk all day, but <laughs> I want to say thank you so much, you know, to share, share the way that you think, the way that you approach business, the way that you really intimately think about and understand and create based on your customer and the ongoing changes and shifts of that customer is just so intelligent and such a learning for so many. So thank you so much. And before we wrap up, 
I know you'll be working on something. Do you want to share maybe one one project that's happening at Baker of Roses that uh, that you're working on at the minute? Uh, well, a, a one that we're working on is the elopements. There's, there seems to be a bit of a formula with three days and we're getting a lot of requests from people saying, are you going to do a bit of a wellness retreat? So what we've decided is that still with COVID, it's difficult. So what we're doing is a three-day self-guided wellness experience. So we'll have videos and various activities and, you know, maybe one or two face-to-face people that can come in for treatments. But that's something that we are working on because we've been asked that people, you know, want to come with their sister or their girlfriend or even with their husband and have an ability. So we've got a sleep specialist. We've got various people that will put together menu plans for healthy eating or special dietary requirements. And that's something that I think, again, the three days works. You get a day to um, sort of unwind, a day to actually indulge in the therapies and a day to sit back, relax and, and really shush out. So um, that's what we're working on now. Sandy, thank you so much. Where can everyone go to, first of all, book into these amazing wellness packages um, and also find you and follow you? Uh, well, on uh, Instagram, it's simply Acre of Roses. Um, so A-C-R-E-O-F-R-O-S-E-S and um, acreofroses.com.au is where you can book. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you, Em. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.